I'm going to be hopping over to my uh, view from the rim here in just a little bit. But before that, I wanted to do a quick uh, uh, foreign policy review for uh, the Snake River Lib podcast. Uh, it's uh, January 8th. Gee, it looks like I was just here yesterday, but that's all right. Uh, it's not going to be a long one today. I wanted to... Uh, Review a few things with, with uh, us either on the brink of war or maybe we're uh, all stopping and taking a deep breath uh, after the events of the last uh, a week, in particular the last uh, 24 hours. Um, for those that are paying attention, um, uh, last night the, uh, the Iranians uh, launched cruise missiles at uh, two of our bases um, damage was done, but no lives were lost. Today, the president went out and spoke. Um, he uh, did not rattle a war saber and said he said he's going to renew and increase uh, some economic sanctions. He renewed his statement that he did not want war, did not want to go to war, asked for uh, assistance from um, our allies um, who have shown reluctance to do so um, in Iraq and uh, within regards to the Iran deal. Remember, the Iran deal um, <clears throat> back in the day, it was only going to be good for 10 years anyway. So in reality, there's five years left of it. Whether we whether it's all torn up now, which it is, the president effectively tore it up on our side. Uh, the Iranians uh, said they were complying with it until this year. Um I get, we'll take them at their word, I guess. Um, but they've officially said that they're no longer complying with it. So they're spooling up their their uh, uh, nuclear program now to develop a nuclear weapon. The president has, has stated emphatically that they will not become nuclear armed. should always deal very carefully with using absolutes. Um, but I want to talk about the Iran deal a little bit. Uh, uh, Mark Thiessen, a, a, a former speechwriter for President W. Bush, uh, Bush 43. Um, he's also a, a, a talking head on Fox News uh, about a, a lot of things. He has an op opinion piece in the Washington Post today uh, where he review, uh, relate, uh, reveals some information out of an investigation regarding the Iran deal. How even though um, the uh, Obama administration promised several things regarding uh, financial transactions, and the Iranian government, apparently, um, according to a Senate investigation, apparently the Obama administration um, was lying to the Senate, uh, lying to the American people when they said that they were were going to limit Iran's access to, to the U.S. financial markets. Um, and apparently, uh, according to this uh, financial investigation by the Senate, um, not only uh, did they not limit it, but they helped facilitate access to the U.S. financial markets and uh, um, facilitate Iran's access uh, through foreign markets as well. Uh, if that's the case, there's a really big problem. But but we already knew that. We, we knew that, uh, which I covered yesterday, that the Iran Treaty was a sham. It was a sham that couldn't get through Congress. 
uh, which is why they didn't even try. They had a vote on it, but the vote was to require the opposite of what the Constitution required for a treaty. It required a two-thirds no vote for it to be declined, which was asinine. Uh, thank you very much, uh, spineless GOP majority in the Senate at the time. And yes, it was uh, Senator McConnell was the majority leader. And and someday the the Senate, uh, the Republican Party does need to have a discussion about that. Uh, all the excellent judges being uh, appointed notwithstanding. But I want to talk about the Iran deal for just a minute because one of the things that Iran did benefit from immediately was a lot of money. Um. And if we look at what happened as a result of that, you know, because uh, Obama came back waving a piece of paper, the Iran deal, uh, uh, Neville, like Neville Chamberlain um, uh, coming back from Munich saying peace in our time, uh, that he saved the world. And like Neville Chamberlain, he, he couldn't have been more wrong. Um, because of the Iran deal... Um, and the pallets of cash that we airdropped into Iran. Um, uh, Saudi Arabia is facing a two-front war. They're they're dealing with the uh, uh, um, rebels in in Yemen, uh, having to fight that. Uh, I don't want to get into the argument about how we're helping them. We shouldn't be. We should be out. We should be completely out. We should we should leave a calling card for Iran, saying we're pulling our soldiers out but we're leaving the B-52s in Diego. And any attack against Israel, any attack against Saudi and Tehran will be a sheet of glass. Period. We're not going to fight a conventional war with you. If you block the Straits of Hormuz, we're going to re respond not in kind. Because we're not going to leave. We're, we don't, it's not worth it to us. Because we're going to just put you on notice. We're not going to deal with you day in and day out anymore. You do this, and we turn you into a sheet of glass. Period. End of story. Um, you know, you Hezbollah has... Uh, um, you know, they've, they've ramped up up there dealing with Syria, uh, has, uh, has increased, uh, problems there as well, as well as of course the rockets from Gaza into Israel. Um, again, don't, I'm okay. I am going to say something about this because just like we have, the neocons, neocons, neoconservatives, those who, who, who want a nation build all over this planet and have failed spectacularly wherever they will and are largely responsible for many of the problems. On the other side, uh, you have those people who say, who see a problem and they can't help but blame it on the United States. And you know what? That it, it's quite possible that's true. For example, Venezuela. You know, they love to talk about Venezuela and how the United States disrupted that. Maybe, maybe not. Here's what happened in Venezuela, though. You had a um, Chavez takeover. You know, peaceful revolution it was initially. You know, and then of course, uh, when when uh, the Parliament didn't really kind of you know like the fact that he wasn't leaving. You know, he 
things started to get a little bit different. And, and, you know, he was selling oil and oil was great when it was a hundred dollars a barrel. He built his whole economy on a hundred dollar a barrel oil. But when it started dropping, his economy collapsed and he didn't have any way to do it. And, oh, did I mention that he had kicked out all of the oil companies? He nationalized the oil industry in Venezuela because, of course, you know, they were rich and they were, you know, um, anybody can run, anybody can run a refinery, anybody can run oil wells. And, and so that's what he did. And as, as it turns out, no, they can't. And parts break. And then what happens? So Chavez and then Maduro said, hey, would you come back in here and, and fix these problems and help us out? We'd be willing to let you have your stuff. And most of the oil companies are like, uh, yeah, no. Yes, the United States has been the cause. We could even, we could, yes, decades and decades ago, the United States caused the problems in Iran with the Shah. They put the Shah into power as a as a bulwark against the communist government. I would say the problems in the Middle East, by the way, you know, these Middle East governments only go back to the breakup of the Ottoman Empire in uh, as an end of World War One. So when you start talking about these ancient um um, Middle Eastern governments, that's uh, only as far as they go back. They are not ancient by any stretch of the imagination. The United States government is ancient compared to these governments in the Middle East. Um, that was when uh, Sykes-Picot, the, the treaty uh, that divided the Middle East arbitrarily um, into what we have today, the mess that we have today, um, created the mess. Why don't we, you know, now it's all about territory and land, right? Instead of saying, let's divide it by, by, uh, um, um, religious faction, because while everybody, we think, well, Islam and, and Muslims, well, while, uh, Sunni and Shia may side with each other against the infidel West, um, don't forget that they hate each other. And if it were not for the infidel West or, or Israel, they would be fighting each other. Why not divide it along sectarian lines? You know, most of Iraq is, is, is Shia. Is a Shia Persian, Persian base nation. Um, when the Iraqi parliament voted to kick the United States military out after the attack on the Iranian general, killed the Iranian general, the Sunni and Kurdish members of parliament abstained. They know what it means if the Shias gain full power in Iraq. It's a death sentence for them which is why for a time they were hanging out with ISIS because ISIS was protecting, uh, it was a shield against uh, the Shia. The Saudis, of course, are Sunni. Um, and then you have, you know, then you have the Kurds. If only it would be possible to go back and redraw lines um, and reestablish capitals based not on 
not on arbitrary lines drawn in the sand, literally, uh, but uh, sectarian governments. You know, yes, segregate. People think that's an ugly, ugly word. And, and if it's done by law, which I'm talking about, it can be. However, you know, for years, of course, uh, uh, Saddam Hussein, a, a Sunni uh, Muslim, oppressed the Shias, the Shia majority in Iraq. Um, used them as, uh, as cannon fodder during his war with Iran. Um, didn't care about them at all. And, of course, what happened once Saddam Hussein was gone, a, a democratic parliament was set up. Uh, the Shias, of course, because they're a majority in the country. What happens? Uh, the Shias uh, want a little payback on the Sunnis. You know, maybe it's time that we... we uh, I don't know if it's even possible. Joe Biden actually had that idea that we redraw the lines. Can you believe that? Way back in the day. Venezuela. Did you know that uh, that um, Maduro, the uh, uh, dictator who's propped up by the, um, the Cuban government in Venezuela, um, denied access to the parliament of the actual president uh, of of the parliament, uh, Juan Guaido, not not president by the United States, but president by the Constitution of Venezuela. Um, bad things are happening. We'll see. Anyway, uh, that's just a little bit of a glimpse of foreign policy. Uh, by the way, you know what George Washington said? Don't get involved in treaties with other countries with obligations with other nations because you never know where that's going to go. Did you know we have our troops all over the world that we're protecting borders on every continent except for um, Australia and Antarctica? Um, well, I don't know if we're protecting a border in Africa or not. We have troops in Africa. Do you know where we're not protecting a border with the uh, with the uh, U.S. armed forces? Yeah, you know where our own. How about that? Well, we'll talk to you later. Uh, this is Snake River Lib, and remember, taxation is theft. Yes, money is needed to fund the government, but when money is taken at gunpoint, not to fund the government, but to uh, funnel that money down and give it to somebody else, that's not uh, funding the government. That's theft. And uh, have a great day. Thank you.